Have you ever wondered why some young people choose to end their lives? Ever wondered who they are and who they left behind? Have you ever wanted to hear their stories? Would you like answers to these questions and many more? Welcome to Suicide Pages with Dr. Lulu. Her mission is to shine light on these young people, create awareness for, and educate the world on youth suicide. Opinions expressed in this podcast are those of Dr. Lulu and her guests. They are not a substitute for professional advice. If you are experiencing suicidal thoughts, call 1-800-273-TALK or send a text to www.crisistextline.org. Now, here's Dr. Lulu. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Suicide Pages with Dr. Lulu, the podcast. Hi everyone, how's everybody doing? It's a beautiful day outside. I am your host, Dr. Lulu, the momatrician, bringing you another exciting guest. I'm actually really excited to interview this person because she's not only a black female doing things bigly, she's also a mom like I am, of three kids like I am, and she's not only an entrepreneur, she's also a doctor. I mean, just so many levels. And of course, she's a survivor. That's why she's on this, on this podcast in the first place. Her name is none other than Miss, or rather Dr. Michelle West, MD, okay? Not just an any doctor, but MD, okay? She's an internal medicine resident at Norwalk Hospital and Yale University Combined Residency Program. She's a mom of three one teenager, one preteen, and a seven-year-old. Whoop, whoop. She has a history of depression stemming from PTSD. She's got a history of borderline personality and suicidal attempts. She's had multiple hospitalizations for self-harm and suicidal attempt. But by the grace of God, by the grace of God, she's had no relapses in the last six to seven months. Hallelujah. She has a history of fashion designing. I mean, she's so multi-talented. She's beautiful. You just have to see her pictures on Facebook. She looks like a model. So I'm so excited. And without further ado, I want us to get started with Dr. Michelle West, because I know this is going to be a very interesting and empowering podcast interview. Dr. Michelle, muchísimas gracias for doing this for me and with me this morning. Thank you so much for joining us. Take it away. Yes, and thank you for having me. Hello, everyone. Um, I am Dr. Michelle West, and I am very grateful to have this opportunity to uh, tell my story and tell my testimony. This is actually the very first time I've been on this type of platform to talk about it. I, I kind of had made this vow to myself back in, I, I believe it was 2012, 2013, that I was going to focus on like the the positive you know things that was going on in my life because I used to post about my childhood trauma and everything on Facebook all the time I used Facebook as a as a diary and I know that at that time it was not the healthiest thing to do and so I kind of have backtracked a lot talking about my my story for a few years now so to be back in this position, it's like, okay, now I can, I'm in a healthier position to talk about it. 
And I know that now um, the the people that are around me, they would go, you know, through my uh, Instagram and go through my Facebook. And what they see is, oh, well, she graduated medical school. She has a master's degree in public health. And she has children. Um, even though she's divorced, she was married. And they assume that perhaps maybe my life was easy or the or the progress was easy. And, and it's really not. There's a whole lot more behind the scenes that most people don't know. So I am born and raised in um, New York. I am a product of a family that was super, super religious. I am a daughter of a preacher, a granddaughter of a, a bishop um, that recently passed. But I am also a survivor of a childhood incest and sexual abuse. And you wouldn't think that as a child having to deal with uh, being, you know, abused in many ways and, and, and having to go to church and, and still sing, still do praise and worship. And the life of either one, it was just different. I, I had to put on the face at church and I had to put on the survival face at home. And, and predominantly that was my life for, for many years. And I stumbled upon self harm when I was in, the second grade. And I mistakenly, you know, cut myself on um, the edge of the ruler. And from that point on, I, I just got this high from, from that pain. And that's, that was the cycle of me becoming addicted to the self-harm. And it went from scratching to nail clipping to um, cutting. And I also w- would write letters of of wishing that I was dead and being preoccupied with the death, I was just in emotional turmoil for for most of my elementary school, middle school, and and high school years. And m- my family protected each other. They did not want to acknowledge the abuse that was going on, and I I had to act like everything was was normal. And I, I started to act out sexually by the time I got to college, um, uh, where I, I was, um, you know, promiscuous. And, and that's how I got pregnant with my, my oldest daughter, Noemi. And I was, uh, 21, um, when, when I had her. And, um, she changed my, my focus. She had me slow down a little bit. I was always still a straight A student. I um, always got on the honor roll, always did well. Um, school was always my way to, to escape. But outside of school and work, I was always a mess um, outside of those environments. And But she, you know, had me focus and slow down. And right after having her, that's when I, I met my, my, uh, my ex-husband and we got married two years um, later. <clears throat> and even the marriage was very tumultuous. Um, there was domestic violence periods where, you know, we were hungry. Um, even before, um, during med school, we were homeless. It was a very difficult, difficult marriage. So coming from an environment where I was being abused at home and then getting into a marriage that was also very traumatic in terms of the domestic violence and being hungry and, and homeless and 
uh, it it caused my PTSD to basically get worse. And that's when in 2011, the cycles of me repeatedly being in the hospital uh, for suicide attempts really started. And and um, it, it was almost two to three times a month I was in and out the hospital. And even one time I stabbed myself in my own leg and I was paralyzed and couldn't walk. You know, like the feeling of like, you know, wanting to get out the bed and having to fall on the floor because you can't move your leg. It was very frightening. And I still had my children that I needed to attend to. And I, I just couldn't because I was just so tormented by my current circumstances. I was tormented by my past. And every time I would talk about what was going on, I would get crazy emails and, and messages from my family. People would send me mean messages on Facebook. People talked about me. My story and the things that I was going through was not validated. And I believe that that makes the healing process worse when you, you know your story is not validated. And so it just continued 2010, 2011, hospital, hospitalization, hospital cutting, 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 cutting more cutting. And I got to um, a therapist and um, her name is Dr. Victoria. She, she specialized in borderline. And um, I remember sitting in front of her because she was like the the sixth therapist they switched me to because all the other therapists was like, I just can't handle this girl. Like I was probably one of the most unstable patients at Kaiser Permanente in California. And when they switched me to her and um, she was like, hi, I immediately got mad. And I was like, so what are you going to do? You're just going to throw me off to somebody else too, you know? And she said, no, Miha, I'm not going to do that. And when she said that to me, and I'm about to like even cry. When she said that to me, there was something in me that changed. There was something in me that turned um, because she she called me Miha and yes. daughter. Yes. And I think that yes, I think that that feeling of feeling abandoned by my own mother, yes, and feeling that I wasn't protected by my own mom. Uh, yes. Here it is, is a lady that met me for the very first time oh. Oh. and said. Miha. And from that point on, um, she was the best therapist I've ever had. Amen. And my hospitalizations went down um, in 2012. um, And I did dialectical behavioral therapy um, at that point. And by 2014, I was able to complete the DBT program and in 2014 is when I started medical school. Wow. So I feel that uh, she helped me, you know, in that process and she did not. And I know, I know I was a mess. I know that I was very unstable for uh, quite a number of years. And the thing is, I even tried to get some help from people in the church I tried to reach out to um, other churches to say, look, you know, like, this is how I was raised. This is what I went through. Like, you don't understand, like, how it feels for, you know, you have a family member that is coming by the house and giving you money in exchange for sexual acts. And I would save money and put it in, like, my, a little piggy bank. And and so I, I felt prostituted by my family. I felt 
you know, like ostracized and, and, and having to be forced. Sweetheart, you were prostituted by your family. You were ostracized. You didn't feel like it. It did happen. I am so like in awe. Thank you. I know you're not done, but I just wanted to get a word in, like, indeed, you are Miha. In, and I told you that. I said, no, I didn't use Miha, but I told you, I said, I feel like you're my sister because I could see so much pain in your eyes through your pictures. But thank you. Thank you so much. Of course you were prostituted. And I don't even know yeah. if you have enough time in the world to tell a 40-year story, 30-year story, because there's always a story behind the story. But I would love to get yeah. deeper if you want to come back another time or if you want to do it today. But absolutely, you own your story. Your story is a movie. It's a Hollywood movie. It's a bestseller. It's a bestseller. It's a freaking HBO documentary. That's what you yeah. is. It's true. Own it. Don't let anybody tell you that, you know, your story is less than what it is. Wow. <sighs> yeah. So, yeah, I um, I had to do things to, put, you know, protect, you know, the family and protect the image. You know, when you're a preacher's kid and you're the national bishop's, you know, family, you know, by me telling what was going on in my family, I got attacked because it's like, well, that's not right. She shouldn't say that because of who her family is in the mm. church. And, and, but that's not fair that I have to live with the suffering of that. And even unto his death, the family still supported him. And, and, and even until the death, story, including my mom. Yeah. Your story parallels another guest that I had who a big, well-known, famous family member was coming to the house and doing the exact same thing. And she was basically suicidal, attempted suicide. And somehow her mother got her to believe that it's because her dad was not present in her life, that that's why she was suicidal. Not this guy that was doing this to her and probably many other people. (sighs) I don't want to say ill of the dead, so I'm going to stop there. But oh my God. Oh, so much yeah. to pack, Michelle. So yeah. much. I saw it in your eyes. I said, these are eyes that have seen hurt. They have seen pain. They have been to the edge. I can tell. You're a most beautiful child, the most beautiful individual. Your pictures are, but the eyes, the eyes tell it. I didn't know your story, but I didn't have to know your story. I could see it. Wow. So much to unpack. So much to unpack. Well, we're going to keep going. We're going to keep going. I'm listening. Yeah. yeah so, um, so yes, even, even unto the, the death, like, um, going back to 2000, I believe this was 2018. Um, and I was studying for my step exam and, um, my grandfather had passed and, um, I refused to go to the funeral. I was like, I'm not, I'm not going. And, um, my, well, my whole family went and I even got some phone calls from my cousins that I've never spoken to in years. And somehow they just showed up on my phone and, and was like, well, how come you, you should have came to support the family? And I'm like, support the family. Do you know what I've been through? Hmm. The kind of suffering 
and 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 the times where I've had flashbacks and nightmares, the times that I've dissociated, the times that I probably switched to an altar I don't even remember. I remember having clothes I don't remember buying or wearing. Like the side effects of it, and you have the nerve to tell me that I should have been here to support the family. And and the nerve of families, I mean, like, you know, the, the lens that family members go go to to, you know, protect to protect perpetrators is 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 so astonishing. Um but during that period of time, I don't know why I didn't feel peace at the fact that he he died. Um, I, I think I felt more angry because I said, you know, he died in peace. He he, he was he was in his ninety. So he he died well. And, so the, you know, know with support so many, and family support. There's so many levels of this. First of all, this is why I have no problem with people who query and question if there really is a God, if there really is atonement, if there really is punishment for people who do bad things. Even in today's world, we're looking at it playing out at the White House, at the politician level, at the school level, at the home level, people Mm -hmm. getting away with doing bad things repeatedly. And so when people like my son start doubting, mom, is there a God? I let him doubt. Because he has a brain and it's okay for him to figure it out himself. When you've been betrayed by the people you trust, by your family members, by the clergy, repeatedly, mm. then then where is the respite? So I completely hear you. I completely feel you. And I completely agree with you not going to his funeral because you're human. Yeah. And I want to say some really bad words because I feel so bad. but. My podcast is not explicit yet. I'm going <laughs> to to those words. Oh, my God. And they had the nerves. Oh, my God. Well, good for you for standing up to yourself. Good for you for telling them off. No matter how hard, I'm sure it must have been good for you for standing up to yourself. Enough yeah. already. Wow. Yeah, and yeah. I know you may not want to go into too much details, but how early... Do you remember this starting? Um, I remember, and I was—I I just did my evaluation um, to to restart um, you know, therapy care, and I was telling the therapist that I remember as early as kindergarten, um, and I—I I don't remember the actual, um, you know, rapes and and abuse, but I remember having a lot of nightmares and flashbacks about it. And I remember waking up, um, seeing white stuff in my underwear. Um, I remember feeling open at a very early age. And kindergarten is when I felt like my life had completely changed. And um, I didn't know. I, I, I felt depersonalized. Oh, wow. I felt um, oblivious and unreal from that point on. Like you just don't belong. Um, and, and, and you, you, you feel like detached from your body, um, from, from that age. And first grade, I became very angry. I remember cursing at little boys that would try to like either come around me or whatever. And I didn't even know where that came from, you know? Um, and, and then second grade is when I started 
doing the cutting. Um, so I, I remember as early early as as, as that, and um, and and the nightmares and the flashbacks and um, waking up um, sometimes like with you know like almost peeing on myself and um, as well. And so it it started it started very very early, and um, I just always felt detached from my body, and um, even till today, it, I think it hasn't hasn't really changed. Sometimes you feel like, well, you know, is this is this real? Even me sitting here talking about it, it's like, well, did this really happen? Sometimes it's like you it's hard to it's hard to believe because you wouldn't think the way my family treats me now after becoming a physician is completely different than how I was treated many years ago. Wow. And that is, and that is very common, which is why a lot of children, you know, just say, I'd rather be dead because it's like, it's the two-facedness of it. Is that even correct? Two-faced, two-facedness, whatever Yeah. of it. It just doesn't make any sense. Like one minute you know, oh, I have money now, or I have status now. Then suddenly, I'm I'm the golden child. But what about when I was going through? How do you think a happy child, a child that was born? I always say every every child is born weighing six to eight pounds, innocent and happy. Then life happens to them, and that's exactly mm-hmm. what happens. And suddenly, you're promiscuous and you're self harming, and and to them, it's okay. And they use the Bible and the Jesus and cover it. I can't take that. I see it every day. And I'm probably mm. going to die a Catholic. But when I, what I decided was when I turned 50, I'm going to stop going to church because I'm not feeling validated in the building. And there were some things that happened at my church during the last election that got me thinking, what? What is this? Like, right. this was open. And I was like, okay. I'm, I have a brain. I can pray to God on my own. I can talk to him. I can have a come. I can be spiritual, but you can take me out of that from now on. You know, it's like a decision that I came up on my own and you can't make me. I'm yeah, sure. I, I agree with that decision. You know? I did that same thing back in 2012. I stopped going to church because when I got married and moved to California and I was going through being in a hospital a lot, I went to my first lady and I told her before. I started to go down that path. I said, I feel myself that I'm going to, that something really, a dark place is going to really come over my life. Mm. And, and I, and I, and I had this premonition that it was going to happen. And I reached out to her and I told her my story. And the thing is like, um, I know in terms of this, I haven't gotten into details yet um, in terms of who was involved because it, it was more than one person involved and so I, I I I reached out to her and I said you know please um you know help me and instead of getting help I got demonized wow and, yes and that's and, one thing about down. especially the African Americans with all due respect and maybe other <laughs> <laughs> you're not praying enough or the devil's got you oh how dare you say exactly wow we just had a pastor die by suicide in Nigerian pastor recently. So are you telling me that he didn't pray enough or he wanted to die because he was so happy? I mean, so the so is so many levels of bullshit. Like Ignorance. I have to say it. Like, yes. 
balls. Mm -hmm. Shit. And it's like, just get behind me and stay there. If you're not with me, mm -hmm. you're definitely against me because I don't right. know that's normal that just wants to come and tell you, I need help. If I cannot come to you, the church, then where do you want me to go? And, and, right. then, and lives are lost and innocence is lost and is betrayed. And then, and that's why I say when people query if there's a God, I do not blame them at all because it's like, wherefore is he then, you know? And then again, right. those who believe he's there, oh, it's the devil that did it. Really? Really? You know, it's like, at yeah. what point do you take responsibility for your own action? You know, this right. is going on for so long and it's not changing because that's the definition of insanity. We're doing the same right. and we're expecting a different result. Wow. I know you haven't gone into details. And I told you at the beginning, you can go into details if you want to. You don't have to if you don't want to. So you. I, I wanted to give like just a general, you know, overview. And then next time I can, you know, go into, in, I love into, um, into, into, into more details. But yeah, it's very interesting. You mentioned about, you know, blaming, blaming the devil because there was this meme picture that I saw and I wanted to um, repost it. Um, I think I have it on my phone, but it was the devil reading, um, a picture of the devil reading the Bible. And he <laughs> said, you know, what? he said, what the fuck? I didn't do that. Right? Oh, wow. it was, and I started laughing. I love it. Because it was like, it was like, you know, there are so many things that it's like, well, you know, we blame the devil for, but actually, no, it, it is. It, it's just, it's just your action. You are the one um, that did it. Yes. Yeah, and that's why I'm so proud of the fact that I filed for divorce and I left my ex-husband, because now I was because I was able to raise my kids to to think freely and and if it doesn't make sense to you, it doesn't make sense. If it makes sense to you, it makes sense. You know what I mean? Like that's yeah. that, that's all and that's all she wrote. That's all she wrote. Wow, Michelle, you know you're my sister. You know when there was there was something going on one time on Why Bad and people reached out to me to reach out to you and that's when yeah. I asked about time and, and, I, and you let me reach out to you and I said thank you mm -hmm. for letting me reach remember I said that I said because you don't know me you could have said I don't know her or you could have continued with you know just hating or doubting or or distrusting because you've been betrayed so many times and I thanked you I said yes. thank you for letting me help you a little bit just for, yeah. you let me call you and you spoke to me and we talked and I was like, wow. And I was crying because I could tell that this is a child that needs an avenue. She just, she just needs to get out. And I feel like crying now because it's like, it's terrible what you've been through. So thank you so much for sharing your story because I'm a big cry baby anyway. If anyone that knows me know, I just, I just start crying and I, I've just been listening to you and just, oh my God, the things you went through. Mm -hmm. I want to hug you and just say thank you so much for sharing your story, the little bit that you shared, because I can't wait for page two and page three and page 10 of your story, because there's victory at the end. You're here talking about it. And that tells me that you have, you're victorious. You have won. And that was my whole purpose of doing this. Yeah. That was my whole purpose of wanting people to have an avenue to share their stories with someone that looks like them and talks like them and is them essentially because I have walked your walk. I was molested, not by a family member. And when I told my parents at the age of 42, they didn't say anything. They didn't know what to say. It happened when I was nine. 
But I'm just, mm. it took that long for me to even tell them. And they didn't know what to say. Not even, I'm sorry you went through that. Yeah, and when and when you tell your family and and you tell your mom, you know about what happened, and and the family decides to protect the image rather than protect you, it it is immensely devastating. And, and, I don't and until this day, point. when it comes to, huh? No, go ahead, go ahead. Oh, oh okay. Um, when and even when, even till this day, like my relationship with my family is getting better, but it will never be normal. And I think my mom, she yearns for that deeper connection with me. And I, I, I want to give that to her. And then there's a part that is also afraid, um, you know, because of what has been. So, um it, it's 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 it, the the pain is it, there when you're actually raped and abused yes that is painful but the messages and the things that happen around it is even more painful and i think that's what more that's what a lot of um survivors they suffer more from that yes, right now my therapy is not necessarily about healing from the actual abuse. It's healing from the conditioning surrounding the abuse. That is so true. That's the hardest part to heal from. Um, you know, you say that my pictures and I look like a model and I wake up every day feeling like I'm ugly. Yes. I wake up every day feeling like I'm not smart enough. I need to do more. I need to do this. I need to fix this up. I need to do that. I'm not good at this. And so those constant messages of and the self-hate um, is the hardest part to work through. And even my therapist in California, before I mashed out here, she said, well, Michelle, you, you, you got to one level and, and, and now it's, it's another level you have to work through. And this is going to be hard. You know, how, how do I love myself? How do I do that now? Because I, I don't know how to do that. Because I've been conditioned that I'm so defective mm. and, and I'm so this. And that's the reason why I probably was abused because I am defective. And you've, you've come to that conclusion. And now I have to think differently about myself. Mm. Like it, that, that's the hardest part I think most survivors, you know, deal with. You know, you, you come to closure and you have to radically accept, oh, yes, I, I was abused. All right. I'll tell you what, now uh, that without, I got that. without being a therapist, I'll tell you what, take as long as you need to, baby girl. Yeah. Take as long as you need to. I know people who have not walked the walk can say, oh, well, reconciling with your mom is, is part of healing. It is only if and when you're good and ready. Because just like grieving, there's no time limit. You take the time you need for all it's worth. Take as much time or as little time as you need. And only because of the sake of time in the present, we're running out of time. I would love to go on. I cannot wait to 
talk about, to talk to you again, first of all, about part two, part three, part four, part 20 of your story. There's a lot more because the victory part is there. We're going to save the best for last. But for page two, if you'd like to go deeper into, there's so much to unpack. I didn't even get to do. You were amazing, first of all. Thank you for joining us. But second of all, for being able to talk about it because I haven't even talked about mine. And I'm the host <laughs> because, like, you know, it's like, I don't know. I, I will. I will. But I, yeah. I've put mine at the back burner because there are other people's on, and that's more important to me right now. But thank you so much, Dr. West, for today, for yesterday. Oh, you're welcome. Tomorrow. You know the link. You've got the link. Just click on it. If you don't click on it, I'll click and I'll remind you because I know we want to hear. We're all rooting for you. We want to hear part two and part whatever of your story. But I do have to let you go because you're a resident and the life of a resident, I have been and I know. So... Yeah, right now I'm uh, I'm on vacation. This is ah, like my okay. last vacation. Good. This is my last vacation day. So... I've just been spending it um, reading, um, increasing, increasing my knowledge and, and everything. And residency, it has been, I'm, I'm still going through some things at, at my job too. And a lot of things are. Yeah, um, I, read, I read something you wrote on Facebook about an encounter in the ICU. I'm writing all. Yeah, yeah, with the nurse. I know, I saw that. I was like, poor baby. Talk about baptism by fire. <laughs> it's like, okay. Yeah, you know, it, 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 it's hard, you know, because. People, I, like I said in the beginning, people assume um, a lot of things about my uh, my life by what they see, um, and I think because of that, it filters into how people treat me. So I believe that this nurse or these group of nurses had a preconceived notion about me prior to me coming here because they saw my picture mm -hmm. um, and and treated me treated me based on that. And remember and, that and the so problem through, is not yours. The problem is theirs. It's not you. It's them. Yeah. It's them. And that. that and I'm, and I'm learning that. Mm -hmm. I'm learning that because I'm still sensitive and and I take so many things like to to heart because I'm thinking, well, you know, I don't even know you. I just met you five minutes ago, and you already, <laughs> you know, have these you know things to say. But I'm you know I'm going through it. I'm you know with the nurses, and I believe that there's another resident here that is um trying to take advantage of me. Um, even even sexually um, because of uh, of that and and it's kind of like well how do I say how do I say no um, how do I say well you know um, don't don't come don't come by my house right now um, and so I'm kind of going through that and and it's kind of causing some struggle you know here and and stuff so I think that there's a struggle between how should I present myself. Because I love fashion, I love to dress. I don't want to change that, but I don't want it to send a message that you know, yes, please come and force yourself on me. Yeah. You know, um, and and that's what I'm I'm dealing with because a lot of survivors can be re victimized a whole lot. Exactly. And I think a lot of people do take advantage of that. Um, and I'm going through that right now, and so I'm trying to figure out how to deal with it. Yeah. Um, Michelle, <laughs> so. I can't even. I can't thank you enough. I, I usually do a brief summary. I might just have to record a whole outro for you because I need to get my mind in the right place so I say the right thing. But thank you so much. For the listeners out there, you heard her come here and lay her heart on the table. Be very careful 
how you treat your family members when they come out with stories. It's unlikely that they're making it up. It's unlikely that they're faking it. And please be careful so you're not supporting the enemy. It's very, 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 it's very thin line for those who are hurting when they get re-hurt and re-hurt and re-hurt by people that yeah. they trust and go to. Thank you all so much for listening. This is Dr. Lulu. This is Suicide Pages, the podcast. This is your host signing out. Thank you so much. 